0: Hey everybody, it's H, and welcome to the latest installment of Dune Pod, your one-stop shop to get ready for the new Dune movie. This week, I'm joined, as always, by my
1: co-host Jason. Sean Connery really has to deliver some dialogue in the last act of this movie. Like he's got to like deliver T.S. Eliot, Nietzsche. Like he's basically doing like lost verses from like Doctor Octagon, and by
0: New York Times reporter and best-selling author Mike Isaac. It's like the way you
2: admired your dad's strength when you were a kid. You're like, damn, my dad is strong, but he's not like gross, ripped strong, you know? It was just like, my dad could kick your ass.
0: On this episode, we discuss the 1974 sci-fi mind bomb, Zardoz. We cover the implications of counter-counterculture in the mid-1970s, the unintended consequences of immortality, and the dangers of wearing a mankini. If you're enjoying the show, we need your help. Be cool like listener Swarty76 and leave us a five-star rating and a review wherever you listen to your podcasts, as it really helps new listeners find the show. And now, Zardoz. So what's it like being a world-famous, like, New York Times bestselling author?
2: <laughs> uh, well, I'm just as stupid as I always have been, I guess. <laughs> you guys can <laughs> look at my Twitter and <laughs> Instagram and kind of prove that at this point.
0: <laughs> You're like, I the, my, my record is public. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I think I think
2: uh, I have given up on like like. there's a lot of journalists who just sort of become like Tom Brokaw, very straight anchorman sort of thing. And I just mm-hmm. have no no ability to do that ever. So I'm just going the very opposite direction.
0: Nice. Excellent. Well, I loved for the record. I love Super Pump. Great book.
1: Really good. Oh,
0: thanks, man. Thank you. Thank you both. It's a fascinating insight, not just on on Uber, but also I like the portion just focusing on the entire app culture uh, and how that sprung up and and really changed our lives in a dramatic way. That's nice to hear from. Fo-
2: I mean, honestly, it's always when folks that are in or around tech say that I didn't sound totally wrong, then I'm you know at least I'm happier. You know, how, and y'all, sorry, uh, I apologize for my ignorance is what have y'all are y'all super deep into it or this is still like the beginning episodes was
1: where this is like episode like 17 or something like that Oh man
2: all right 20 This,
1: this is episode, episode 20. 20
0: this is oh, a big wow. one wow. Yeah.
1: yeah we technically wow. are on season 2 cuz we took a one week break when uh, right. Matt <laughs> when Matt took a vacation uh and oh, uh and then we'll, we're going to be concluding season 2 uh, what's it like November eleventh? Is that the last yeah. one? Because, That's the last recording. Because uh, my wife is pregnant and our baby comes November 18th. I saw that. Congratulations, yeah. Thank you. man. That's amazing. Yeah. So we're gonna take and then because the movie got postponed, which will be we'll get to in due news. That's um, right. we can just take a long break and come back whenever
2: we want. <laughs> season season two and three are gonna be a longer game.
1: Yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll, see. Be, we'll <laughs> see. We'll see. We'll
0: see. <laughs> I'm arguing for, you know, just a, a reasonable, a reasonable time frame there
1: do you have any relationship with Dune with, with the book or the movies?
0: I no So I've only, I, <laughs> as I come
2: on the Dune podcast, uh, Many guests I, I have not,
1: seen so it's fine. Okay.
2: Oh, okay. Then I feel somewhat better. I, I, I have seen the movie, the, um, David Lynch version, which is, mm-hmm. uh, classic. Yeah. Dare, dare I say. And, um, and I'm a big Denis Villeneuve fan and like sort of looking forward to what he's going to do. But, um,
0: but I've never read the book, so I'm still kind of an amateur in the world. Yeah. Got it. Well, there's a great podcast for you uh, where we're we're reviewing all of Denny's films plus all the actors and actresses. So. Oh, ri- oh my God! All right,
2: I'm going to go back and actually listen to these.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you and everybody else. We offered you a choice of which movie to do, and you. I was
2: trying to think of which the other ones were actually. Can you you,
1: you snap. You just jumped at Zardoz. You were like, (laughs) which made me think you had some prior relationship with this film, but you watched it for the first time last night.
2: My only relationship with Zardoz is, you know, as a young boy, sort of walking through the video store and seeing the VHS tape of Sean Connery in a red mankini, and always (laughs) being curious but never quite taking the leap. So this was the perfect occasion for me to take the leap.
1: We've talked about that in a previous shelf where like people of our generation where there was, you know, video stores, like there was definitely totally. a shelf of films where you were just like, <laughs> I'm not ready for that yet. Like, I don't know what's going to be, if I take, if I watch that, something's going to change. For me, like that movie was like Clockwork Orange as like a young boy. Oh, I was like, yeah. I know something is fucked up in that movie. You're,
0: you're like, you're reaching yeah. for it and you look at Carl behind the counter and he's, he's just like, like,
1: not you, man. Not no, for you, man. Next year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's great. Well,
2: I was, I'm still young enough to, do you remember the Disney videos where they had like plastic The clamshell. Boxes yeah, yeah, clamshell yeah. Yeah. I pushed my brother down and cut his head open on one of those when we were kids.
1: <laughs> Goddamn. And he
2: had to get stitches. That's how far back.
1: Wow. Of the, of film you goes. committed, yeah. you committed assault with like a Bambi, like, <laughs> that's exactly that right. It's pretty baller. He
0: has a scar to this day. Sorry, Joe. <laughs> well, Mike Isaac, welcome to Dune DunePod. Thank you, thank you very much for having me. Yeah, we're really we're really excited to have you here. And and as we've as we've discussed, we're we're doing uh, 1974's Zardoz, starring Sean Connery uh, in a mankini or loincloth, um, <laughs> as you like, or male diaper. Um, uh, but it also stars a young Charlotte Rampling, who in Denny's Dune 2021 plays the Reverend Mother Helen Gaius Mohayim as yeah. featured in the trailer uh, administering the Gom Chabar. It's all starting to connect for me. At this yeah. Point. yeah,
1: yeah. there's a method to the madness.
0: <laughs> there is. This is the biggest stretch that we've made. I was like, she's in the movie, she's right. in the other movie. I really <laughs> want to watch Zardoz so, so we're going for it. Um, yeah, but yeah. So that's our, that's our episode tonight just around the corner, uh, at the bottom of the hour, we're going to get into that. But meanwhile, next week on Dune Pod, we have Lorelai David, a VFX uh, editor from Industrial Light and Magic. Whoa! And she is joining us uh, for our first Rebecca Ferguson film. Rebecca Ferguson, who plays Jessica Atreides in the new film, and we are doing Mission Impossible: Fallout. Oh, nice! Which is awesome. I don't know if you guys yeah. have seen that movie, but it is a kick-ass. That's uh, the most recent one, right? That's the most recent one. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. I like that. We were in the theater for that. Also, Jason uh, shot by Rob Hardy, who was the DP for Devs and X Men. Oh, great! Oh, wow! Yeah. So
1: great! I'm excited to see that. I'm very behind on on um, on the Mission Impossible franchise. I, I don't remember I don't remember where I left it.
0: Well, I will just say for folks that are wondering what to do from the time you hear this episode and next week, um, obviously, Mission Impossible Three was J.J. Abrams, and it was unbelievably good. Philip Seymour Hoffman is the bad That's guy. That's the
1: last one I saw. Okay, he's really great. Philip Seymour Hoffman is fucking amazing in that. The opening scene
0: with him is just mind blowing. And then Ghost Protocol uh, is the next one, which is four, also very good. And then five is Rogue Nation. And that was the first one to feature Rebecca Ferguson. So if you want to know oh, okay. what's going on, you should at least watch five and six.
1: Which wait, um, and which one are we watching? Six? Six. Good yeah. Lord. I'm really, I'm like, I didn't know there even was these many movies. I've also only ever seen one Fast and Furious movie. So I don't know. There's, a, there's <laughs> I'm a gap. with you there, actually.
2: Fair. I tuned out after number two, because John, do you remember John Woo's? It was the worst
1: yeah, that one was Mission
2: bad. Impossible I've ever seen, and I really bummed out because I always liked John Woo, but that was one of the worst movies ever.
0: Right, I, Mike, Mike, I so in '99 or 2000, whenever that movie came out, I snuck away <laughs> from work. I was at Critical Path at the time, and I went and saw it in the afternoon. And at the big finale, Doug Ray Scott is the bad guy, and when his his whole like plot is to. Blackmail these guys into giving them stock options so <laughs> oh, that they God. can make a fortune. And I was like, oh no, what is happening? I forgot about that. Oh my God.
2: Bad. It's too good.
1: I remember Philip Seymour Hoffman in Mission of 3 is like the I'm going to hurt her and then I'm going to find you and I'll kill her. And I'm going to that. It's yeah. that whole speech, yep. right? That, that's the one. <laughs> you have a,
3: a wife, girlfriend.
2: It's up to you how this goes. Because you know what I'm going to do next?
3: I'm going to find her, whoever she is. I'm going to find her, and I'm going to hurt her.
1: Nice. Philip Seymour Hoffman lived in my building in, when I lived in New York. He, was, he, lived no in the, he lived in the apartment above me. Yeah.
2: That's a cool claim to fame. Actually. Yeah. He's he's one of those that I'm super bummed out. Yeah. That, oh that my passed God, away yeah. so early. He was just so good. Of yeah. course.
0: So, shall we get into Dune News?
3: Would you like to know more? <laughs>
0: All right, yeah. the first <laughs> critical piece of dune news is we have now confirmed that Warner Brothers and Legendary listen to Dune Pod.
1: Yes, we what? are we've got the influence. We've been talking for weeks about how Like, even though it would be sad, the responsible decision is to push the movie back because no one's going to the theater in two months. And if they release this movie the way they did Tenet, it's going to tank, and then there will be no money for the sequel. And this movie only covers the first half of the book. So if they only cover the first half of the book and don't get the money to shoot the second half, it'll be very sad. So yes, protect the franchise at all costs. Delay, delay, delay. And they listened and... I'm glad. I'm glad to have. It's 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 kind of a heady feeling to have that level of influence over the (laughs) cinema industry, Mm. the movie
2: business. (laughs) Mm. I'm glad you got. Do you think they really were planning on just pushing ahead, or were they just like? It seems I can't imagine.
1: There were signs that they sort of had realized this wasn't. I think tenant really was, like, the sign, like, really this doesn't work. And then Mulan basically showed oh, that yeah. they can't do the, like, if there's, the money doesn't work to, like, kind of do it in the, like, direct Did
2: it fail on, on direct?
0: It wasn't, like, a great, it wasn't a great movie. It wasn't well-received, and it was controversial. The controversy,
1: but, yeah. yeah. But it didn't make the money either, so. Uh, That's true. <laughs> I mean, we don't know, but, like, they couldn't have been happy about it. If, like, it was like, oh, this is great. Like, we made all this money off of Disney Plus totally.
0: Plus. Totally, so one thing that is nice is the fact that they didn't just kick it back by 2 months or 3 months or 5 yeah. months. They kicked it back by 10 months. Um, so that was a really good move just like get it out of here. Yeah. Let's not worry about it. I don't want to talk about it on DunePod yeah. for a long time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, hopefully by next it's October good for you guys. we will be in good shape. Yeah.
1: <laughs> According to today's the Daily, Don McNeil's fearing very good about uh, about the spring of next of next year of there being vaccine. So I feel like I feel oh. this is all I feel this is all lining up.
0: Nice. It's late at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Our next piece of Dune news is Rebecca Ferguson, who we were just discussing, and she was talking about reading Dune and comparing that to doing a crossword puzzle.
1: Yeah. She didn't. I think <laughs> is she that a good thing. She didn't finish it. I think is what that meant.
0: Uh-huh. Yes. For me, it was very much a new world, which means I'm an open book, but an open book that will do research. Uh, She told Empire for their November 2020 issue. I love learning new things. When I eventually started reading the book, I found it so complex and difficult. I didn't finish it. It was like doing a crossword puzzle. What's in the middle of a stone? And I'm going... I don't know a hard fucking material. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Amazing!
0: That's pretty awesome. Do you guys feel like you're doing a crossword puzzle when you're reading the books?
1: No, no. I don't. I, I think like we sort of talked about this before. I think Dune has this reputation of being a very complicated book because it is mm-hmm. in the tradition of hard science fiction, in which they in which Herbert, like, introduces a bunch of concepts without explaining them. Um, but mm-hmm. it, it's not as though there aren't answers. Like, there are answers in the book. You don't need to, like, you know, like, go to Wikipedia, which didn't exist. But, like, you don't need to, like, you know, sure. go and do extracurricular research. Um, if you read the book, particularly the first one, it kind of is a self-contained thing, and you get where you're going.
0: But it's dense. It's definitely dense and challenging. That's, that's for sure. Um, yeah. And it takes...
1: I mean, because like, you know, from the first 20 pages, he's just introducing a bunch of like what's a Mentat? Mm. What's the what's Quetzal Tadarach? What's the Chome? What's the right? All these things are not defined and there's no like kind of... They actually have inserted an appendix now that defines like terms um, but mm. um, yeah, whatever. It's a, it's a bit of a challenge.
2: I feel like in Neuromancer Gibson, I have, right. I'm not super steeped in hard sci-fi, but like they give you enough context clues to just sort of put it together if you're
1: if yeah, you're reading. It's know? the if same you're reading
2: for closes.
1: It's the same thing. I would say like something like Snow Crash is like a lot harder because it's so mm. like conceptually dense and like there's a lot of stuff in there that's like not plot, like you know fucking Sumerians. But like you know, it, <laughs> like you know th- that's less that's less true in in Dune. All right,
2: now I'm not scared. I'm, you might get me to actually read the books.
1: I, I always recommend people read like the first like read until a worm shows up. And, like, if you're not into it, <laughs> it's a good rule you, in
2: life in general. Yeah.
1: If you're not into it by the time there's a worm, then just, you know, bail because it's not going to get better. But, like, you know, yeah.
0: Got it. Uh, well, I will give one last piece of Dune news, which is that our man, Josh Brolin, was on the Team Deacons podcast. So, Roger oh. Deacons, the best cinematographer in history, has an incredible podcast. And I, we've talked about it many times on this podcast. Um, but oh. Josh told a great story about, Uh, that he was not a very popular actor um, when he was filming Planet Terror for Robert Rodriguez. Hmm. And he said that he was considered at that time a TV guy or a guy who should have made it, uh, but it was past his time. And he happened to, through Robert Rodriguez, hang out with Sam Shepard, who said this really great book came out yesterday. It's called No Country for Old Men by Cormac McCarthy, Um, and the Coen brothers uh, are going to make a movie out of it. And so Josh decides that he's going to try out for it, even though he's not invited. He has Robert, Light, and Shoot uh, submission directed by Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, And they submitted that to the Coen brothers. And the Coen brothers responded with, who lit this? Because it looks really good. And they did not give him the job at that point. He had to go back and later worm his way into the final audition spot for the movie. And then he nailed it and got it. Oh, my God. Wow. That's killer. That is good. So, Mike, Mike we did No Country on this uh, on this pod yeah. uh, a while oh, ago. It's just a great, it's one of our favorite movies. Oh, And, yeah. uh, and Josh Brolin in Dune uh, as Gurney is just a dream. No, I, I,
2: I'll go back and listen to that one for sure. It's a favorite of mine, movie-wise, and a very good book as
0: well. yes. Yes.
1: God, I'm so excited right now. I'm so excited. We're going to see Any other Dune news? No, we got to get to it, man. We, I can't wait any longer. <laughs> I'm so excited to talk about Zardoz.
0: All right. <laughs> let's get into it. Zardoz is a warning against the dangers of achieving our wildest dreams and the steep cost of stagnation. Zed is an exterminator, one of the savage barbarians riding the ruins of the Outlands, hunting down and killing the people known as the Brutals, in service to his god, Zardaz. When Zed infiltrates the Vortex, home to the seemingly evolved and refined Eternals, a people who have conquered death and achieved immortality, he is drawn into a vicious power struggle. Treated by the Eternals with revulsion, fascination, fear, and even desire, Zed will be revealed as something more than anyone imagined. In his quest for revenge, he will seize the mantle of liberator and change the course of human history forever. Zardoz.
1: Mm. It's really good, man. It's really good. I think you kind of made it make too much sense. Like I think you sort of. <laughs> I think you sort of made it. Like I think that's like a movie that. I
2: feel dumber. I feel dumber than. Um, then I, I feel like I was supposed to know all that when I was watching it. Yeah. It's one of those movies where, you know, when you walk out of the movie theater and like, this probably didn't exist when it came out, but you immediately need to like go on the internet and figure out what the fuck you just saw and have other people talk to you about it. That's what it was for me.
1: It's funny you say that because I I, I don't always do this, but I went and I looked what Roger Ebert wrote about it when the movie came out. Oh, my God. And he gave it two and a half stars, actually, which seems incredibly (laughs) generous. Uh, And the end of his review, his end of his review was talking about, like, sometimes you go and see a movie and, like you just have no idea what the fuck it was about. And you just see a bunch of people waiting in line to go see it. And when you come out, they ask you like, you know, there's just like kind of exchange of like, yeah, good fucking luck with that. And like the, <laughs> the, 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 the last line of his review, this is the end of his review, it says, every once in a while, a movie like that comes along, a movie you've got to see so that you too can be in the dark about it. In the movie's <laughs> own terms, this much can be said for sure. It may not make you an apathetic, but it will certainly aid you by two hours. Roger Ebert, <laughs> two and a half stars. Oh, that's
2: good. He was great rest in peace. Roger Ebert. Was, yeah. yeah, rest in peace. R.I.P. Yeah. My uh, cousin was his assistant.
1: Oh, wow. That's said ball. he wow. was
2: a good guy. Yeah, it was a random thing. That's but great. I will do that too, though. I'll go and like, but usually it's for movies that I really liked, you know, and like, mm. yeah. I just want to like, get more of it, but get, you know, I guess like start, get it around the edges and like taught you to see what the reviews are. Usually I will read the New York times, A.O. Scott and Manola do like amazing writing, but like, that's usually my, uh, my thing I fell asleep at like 1am 1, 1 last night after watching it so I was not not able to do this but that, I mean it immediately inspired that in me.
1: Basically, I, I think it's awesome. like I think this movie too like kind of benefits from a little bit of reading just because like it's such a yeah. it feels like such an artifact of its time like mm-hmm. you know it feels like like it, it particularly it's like it exists in this weird moment in movie history where it's like in the you know the Raging Bulls era of like okay studios are freaked out the big studio system would like had this big setback they're just letting people do whatever and 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 Mm. Borman basically had this huge success with Deliverance And they were just like Do whatever the fuck you want He was like anything (laughs) And they were like literally anything Do anything you want He was like okay bet and like you know and 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 like this is what happened and then two is it also exists in this weird movie of not just cinema history but science fiction history where it's like pre Star Wars and post like hippie era and so it's like Mm. where like everything's kind of a reaction to that like that cultural 2001 yeah it's like and it's like and it does but like nothing has it does nothing's like kind of caught caught its footing yet so it feels like it's frozen in amber because it's really about like these very specific like late 60s early 70s social issues that like are kind of frozen in amber now uh and like but there's no kind of science fiction vocabulary like cinema vocabulary of what of how science fiction even works like how it even just works like in terms of telling a story uh and so it's just that's really good it's really an experimental film and and like it was interesting and so i think it's interesting that ebert gave it even two and a half stars because like like this movie is just like not it it just doesn't work actually. Um, but like it it's 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 a really interesting artifact of its time.
0: I I, will, I still maintain that there actually is a phenomenal movie inside like yeah. the concepts that are here yeah, yeah, yeah. are really phenomenal. It needs mm-hmm. a, a completely different set of execution in order to achieve that. Um, but let us attempt to go to second level together uh, Let's do it. and 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 talk talk through this movie and see if we can all if we can all get aligned here. Okay. So so first of all the movie opens with this dweeb floating head
1: <laughs> I'm Arthur Frain strong opening strong opening basically like the DVD screensaver you're like waiting <laughs> for it yes. to like, exactly waiting for it to like hit the hit the corner perfectly <laughs>
0: <laughs> Totally but so and, and it's just all exposition um, so mm. did Dino De Laurentiis see this and yeah. say I kn- I'm going to use this in Dune
1: Yeah Because it is like the beginning. Yeah, yeah. the beginning of Dune is also like the beginning of Lynch's Dune is also a floating head, like just giving exposition. I totally forgot about that. Just like straight exposition. Hundred percent.
0: Yeah.
2: But that was was that. You guys tell me if I'm wrong. Was was that tacked on afterwards? Yes, after test screenings. After tests and they were like, "What the fuck happened?" And so correct. And then Dino was the one who was like, "Go put that in there." Basically, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: All of that was added after Lynch sort of gave up the ghost with his five-hour cut, and then Dino went to work doing reshoots and then also adding that stuff in doing all that okay that's
1: why the movie opens with three sets of exposition the dune (laughs) right right. it's like look like we're we're gonna try again like there's a house there's a thing there's a spice just keep it going yeah (laughs) Yeah, i it's it's terrible though i mean like this is it's it's again like star wars was just like we're gonna put some fucking words on the screen and they're gonna scroll down we're gonna go (laughs) and then there's gonna be a spaceship and you guys can run with it from there
0: so, so I do like the element, though, that is like a play, right? So even the yeah. fact that he has a beard drawn on his face yeah. um, instead mm. of a real beard, and then he talks about, uh, you know, he's playing God or Puppet Master, but then he also acknowledges the fact that he has been invented. I am the Puppet Master.
2: I manipulate many of the characters and events you will see, but I am invented, too,
3: for your entertainment and amusement. And you, poor creatures. Who conjured you out of the clay? <clears throat> is God and show business too? Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Break the fourth yeah. wall ish sort of yeah. thing. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It is like it's um, a very like a midsummer night dream kind of opening, yes. right? It's like it's like, you know, like gentle's your hands, like, you know, or whatever. <laughs> like uh yeah. Hundred percent.
0: All right, so this was the part that stuck out to me when I first saw this film. So the next scene, uh, you know, we got the Chiron of this year, 2293, and we have a giant floating stone head with everybody saying, praise be to Zardoz. Um, and then we have Zardoz speaks.
3: The gun is good.
1: The gun is good. The, is good.
3: the, penis, the penis is evil. Is evil. The penis. <laughs>
1: I mean, just off that's the, just like, off the jump, you know where you're going. I mean, you're just Stop. like, they're really setting the tone strong. Like, penis is like the seventh word of spoken dialogue in the film. That's not the exposition. And it's to say yeah. the penis is bad. Like, it's it's a wild beginning. But also, yeah. you forgot one critical thing, which is that there's also, in addition to the head, there's the Zardoz logo, which is fucking oh, right. metal as shit. Yes, like, that I, is yeah. a
2: metal-ass logo. I would
1: love, right. like, an oral history of whoever worked on the Zardoz, just the logo of, like, My what tattoo. Yeah. I was yeah. going to
0: say, yeah,
1: right here.
0: Yeah. tattoo. So you have, uh, you know, the, the, the Zardoz head goes on about how...
3: The penis shoots seeds and makes, and makes new life, life to poison, poison the earth, earth with a plague, plague of men,
2: as, as once it was. But the but gun, gun shoots death,
3: death and, purifies and purifies the earth, the earth of, the of the filth of brutals. Go forth and kill.
1: Zardoz has spoken.
0: Then guns begin shooting out of the head's (laughs) mouth.
1: Ejaculating Uh, out of the mouth.
0: And by guns shooting out of the mouth, I mean hundreds of rifles and pistols and machine guns come flying out of this giant stone mouth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What the hell? Um, yeah. and then and then that was awesome too. <laughs> we have our first shot of Zed, who breaks the fourth wall as and shoots well. At the screen. And shoots the audience.
1: Yeah. And like and you kind of learn you kind of learn later that basically you've been lied to completely. Like both like the yeah. Arthur Frain setup is like a weird head fake. That's not really mm-hmm. like what's going on. And like the Sean Connery as like the exterminator, like is not what he appears to be in this scene. You know, he's not he's not like what he appears to be in this scene.
0: Mm. that's right so we cut from there to uh, seeing the the head is flying and Zed has infiltrated it um, he's hiding in a, in a pile of uh, grain yeah I couldn't tell that was like wheat or something exactly and then he sees people in pods and then he sees Arthur um, walking at the front of the stone head near the mouth and he shoots him um, and Arthur says you know I could have helped you now you'll be a boar and then he flies out on wires as he, as he falls out, like that was the most ridiculous, uh, shot.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I was so confused. I immediately just like had so many questions. I was like, wait, so is he really dead? Is like, is like, what's going yeah, he on? He shot like,
2: him in the fo- arm too, Yeah, right? exactly. Like, he sort of like <laughs> winged him. Like right. it wasn't a fatal blow. It wasn't a
1: fatal blow. He certainly didn't need to jump out the thing. And then, but then he did <laughs> jump out the thing and he seemed to be able to fly. So like, maybe it's not that big of a deal. I don't know, man.
0: I guess it also doesn't matter, right? If you know that you're going to die um, right. and and be remade, mm-hmm. why would you walk around with a flesh wound?
1: Yeah, exactly. That's a good.
0: That's sort of like uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Just sort of right. Right. Fucked up my leg yes. and I'm shoot myself and then come back. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Which is also a really good. Movie. That is a really good absolutely.
1: Movie.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, this whole movie makes sense, guys. Everybody. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Here, we'll, see.
0: we'll see. He's just uh, smarter than me. So then we get introduced to Vortex Four, the headlands, and Zed gets out, and this is basically like a 19th century village.
1: It's really just Ireland in 1974. <laughs> like it's not. It's not a 19th century village. Like Ireland. Ireland in 1974 was a little rural. Like I don't. I don't think it, they were doing. It wasn't like a big dressing down. <laughs> nice.
0: Nice. That nice is fair. Uh, we have a lot of emoting. Uh, you know, with a lot of like body moves. And then also, I was wondering about the upper body strength because he doesn't put the gun away for like 25 minutes. He's just, like like he's just holding everywhere it everywhere he's running. Like the gun 40. is out and, and ready to see what's going I on. I like. He's,
1: it. A, he's in good shape. I was just going to say, he's in good shape. Yeah, in amazing. This movie. Yeah. He's he's in good shape, but it's like it's like not a it's not like he's a Marvel. It's not like it's not like you know like Zac Efron in good shape. Like yeah, he's it's like
2: the way you admired your dad exactly strength when right. you were a kid. Exactly. You're like, damn, my dad is strong, but he's not like gross ripped strong. You know, he's just right. like Sean Connery, like, kick the, your ass. the
1: OG dad bod. <laughs> he
3: is the OG dad bod.
1: <laughs> he like apparently like the reason he's in this movie is. He was it was like it's post James Bond, right? It's post Diamonds Are Forever, which is like 1971. And mm. he was no longer going to be Bond. Uh he later comes back and does Uh You Only Live Twice or whatever, but that's like a fluky weird thing. Um mm. and apparently Sean Connery couldn't find work in 1974. Like that's like why he did this movie, which I don't wow. I don't really that's I tried crazy. to find out why that was true. I think it was just like people thought he was Bond and like didn't have any other conception of what he could do.
0: Typecast the, the total budget of the film, I believe, was a million dollars, of which Connery was paid $200,000. 200, yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> but part of that was A, he said instead of hiring a driver, Pay me what you would pay a driver, and I will drive myself. Right. And two, John Borman, I'm moving into your house, and I'm going to live with Wicklow. you while he filmed. Yeah. Which they did. <laughs>
1: I'm just going to live with your 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 family. Oh my god!
0: And apparently he was great. He would come home, and he would do poetry, and he was like a consummate gentleman and a, and a great guest. Yeah. Wow. Who knew?
2: Is the director Irish, or did he just live
0: in
1: Ireland? He's English, he but he, like he had a he lived in a, okay. lived in Ireland. Yeah.
2: Got it. And Sean Connery's Scottish, right? Yes. Yeah, Sean Connery's okay.
1: Scottish. Yeah. Just
2: want to make sure I don't want to insult someone accidentally.
1: You can visit Vortex Four, which is like just south of Dublin, and it's now like a horsey school of some sort. It's like some horsey oh, riding. Wow! School. Wow! So, wow,
2: wow! My go. first post-pandemic yeah. Retreat. I Yeah, really <laughs> recommend really <want to> <laughs> Ireland
1: Zardoz tour. <laughs> In general, <laughs> Ireland is just a lovely vacation destination. I, yes. We actually
2: really want to go I, it, at some point. I would like to get the hell out of here, and and I would I've never been. I've only been to like. London. Yeah. Never got really out there. So that would be cool.
1: It's great. Ireland's super fun. Great people, Mm. great country. Like actually there's, there's interesting food and lots of different quadrants and yeah, Mm. just drink yourself silly. It's great.
0: It's good stuff. (sighs) All right. So, so Zed is captured by May. And she uses her mind powers to dominate him. uh, And then she basically takes him back to an area to begin studying. So first of all, this is where we have the shot as she's perusing through his memories and Consuela. uh, Finally, we have um, Charlotte on screen who looks absolutely amazing um, in this film. Yeah. Yeah. But, We have a shot with Zed lying back on the table.
1: Very weird BDSM vibes. Like, (laughs) yeah. yeah. What
0: is that? Very strange.
1: (laughs) Like, not to kink shame, but like, there's like, there's like some like he's got his. It's like seems like his hands are psychically tied behind his head. Is basically Mm -hmm. what I read Mm. from that scene. Uh, Okay. Yeah it's it's a real it's a real choice.
2: So at this point, like. Do they sort of I know there's like differing levels of how, you know, advanced Sean Connery is or not, but like are in in the mind of um the two women who have captured him, at this point do they think he's just sort of like an ignorant A brutal, who yeah, does yeah. yeah, doesn't know shit, right? He's right. just sort of like, Yep, your job is to kill people on this planet and you know, we are far more sophisticated with you, so just you know, we can do with you what
1: we want. Yeah, they view him like an animal, which is like why they keep right. him in a cage later. It's just like, oh, like this cool kind of like, and they view themselves as like a different species. They're like Homo, like what, like Eternus or something like that. Like it's yeah. on a chart yeah. at some point. Yeah, mm-hmm. like oh, like we're not even the same species as this like ancient ancestors are. So it's like basically they came across like a Cro Magnon man and are just like, oh wow, like what can he do? Is he super strong? Like you know. Mm.
0: By the way, this this screenplay was based or influenced uh, by an Aldous Huxley book, After mm-hmm. Many Summers. Cool. Huxley famously in uh, Brave New World, you have the character of the savage who's brought over to the Brave New World and is a celebrity and also looked on with derision and fear and fascination and desire. So it is a similar That's interesting. kind of model in that, uh, at least in the ether for Borman as, as he's writing this. So you do have, part of this is they don't have... Uh, you know, they don't have sex, they don't have violence, they don't have those things in the vortex. So as they're looking at his memories, and eventually you have the whole sort of group of Eternals there, and they're basically watching him, you know, murdering people and, and being violent. And um, one of them says, oh, such suffering. Um, and another says, oh, you can't equate their feeling with ours. It's just entertainment. <coughs> So this is definitely the social satire of, you know, these Eternals looking down on the savages and saying that their feelings don't really matter.
1: Interesting. I
0: miss, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So May wants to go deeper uh, and understand uh, more. Consuela just wants him destroyed uh, because she's afraid that he will poison the community. And it is interesting. So they they establish the first bits here of how the society works and the fact that they haven't had any new births. Um, they've been with the mm. static, uh, size of the community and establishing that may had previously asked to have births be introduced to sort of start mixing things up. Um, and the people not wanting to, uh, sort of disturb what the balance is.
1: Yeah. And this is where you kind of get like the, this is where you get like the other reason they want them around, which is like that they don't, they don't have sex anymore, which could become, you know, like, like plays a key, a key role later i'm not gonna right. i'm just i'm just teasing i'm not getting into yeah, you're it teasing. it's coming yeah i mean leave, the most believe important me sc- the most important scene <laughs> in the movie
0: there is a bullet on my sheet called penic response <laughs> yeah so, yes we, yeah. We're, we're getting there yeah Wait, did, did she say penic in the thing yeah. no, is that
1: no oh, she doesn't say penic Pean- Pean- does she
0: <laughs> yeah penic <laughs> Pean- Pean- response no yes. <laughs> yeah oh i'll be playing it right about uh, in, j- in just a minute
1: oh wow i love it i love this movie god fuerte
0: so he ends up going to work for Friend, who is one of the Eternals, and he takes him on. And he yeah. basically says, first of all, he whips him and, and says, "You know, tell me what happened to Arthur Freyne, he wants to know. Mm. But he also says that he was in Arthur's um, confidence um, and that he can ask questions and he'll be willing to uh, to give him information. And we also have, um, this one, I don't know if you guys picked up on this, but there's a scene where um, after they're working, uh, he's making bread
1: Oh yeah, this fucking weird ass green bread in like the in the weird fucking celestial oven. God. Yes. <laughs> Just like the just like what was the choice there man like I just like I really I really just like need again like an oral history with just like I don't want none of the stars like not the director I just want like production design like the people who had to build the build the sets Borman's wife did the Borman's wife did the costumes and she made some fucking choices in this movie like it like just I just need to know like what was on the mood board (laughs) before they like settled on the celestial oven that they ended up with
0: large blotter of acid (laughs) 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 Yeah, multiple. So they do have this great scene that is completely unexplained where a friend tells a joke to the people making the bread, but he's talking backwards.
1: So great. Did you reverse the audio? No,
0: I, I, somebody else has already done it on the okay. internet and they, they pronounced it to be gibberish. So, so okay. we don't have any explanation of what he was doing or, or why he was saying that. It's just random noise.
1: My interpretation of that was sort of like, you know, the movie, um, the Meryl Streep, uh, Albert Brooks movie, like defending your life, oh, uh, yeah, in which Albert yeah, yeah. Brooks dies and goes to the afterlife and he has to like defend yeah. the choices he made. And like a uh, ripped torn is like his like you know, celestial, like is like afterlife coach or whatever, like, a mm. pro, like defense, defense attorney basically. And like, th- it's established that, you know, basically humans on earth only have access to like 4% of their brains, but when they get to the afterlife, they can use hundred percent of their brains. And mm-hmm. so like they have all these new like abilities. And one of the things is that they can eat foods that like normal humans would like think like are uh, what recently deceased humans think are gross and so like there's a scene where like ripped horns like eating this pile of slop and like albert brooks tries to taste it and he's like oh my god it's fucking awful he's like yeah well not to me because i use like so much of my brain i interpreted the joke <laughs> on that level which is like oh like Got they're it. so advanced <laughs> they yeah. could yeah they can just be like <laughs> but important another important point this scene obviously left a big impression on me. Know, is that the <laughs> I know, I the <laughs> shuffling audio that he does when he's telling the <laughs> yeah sounds a lot like what the guild navigators in Lynch's Dune talk Our like.
2: Cannot stop it. Remedy this situation. Restore spice production,
1: or you will live out your life in a pain amplifier. Uh, if you go back yes. like, and watch the scenes yeah. like they've got yeah. those like like little like speaker boom mics in front of them to like translate what they're saying into human That's speak really and good. if you just isolate the audio of that it's very much like so maybe, Maybe a big time. Oh
0: there. my God! Yes. When was
2: when were the Dune books published?
1: Well, Dune was published in sixty five. So this is okay. the, the book predates this, but no filmed adaptation. Ostensibly,
2: right, right. right. I guess it, like I'm just I'm more more question less of like about like films overlapping and more how much of the Dune stuff. Yeah, would seep into anyone who's
0: into the hard sci-fi realm at all, you know. Children of Dune was seventy-four. So that's a third book. That's the completion of the first trilogy. Mm-hmm. So it was definitely out there, and it was an absolute. It was sensation a big success. Yeah. So, was it really? Yeah, it was okay. a big
1: success. Books one and three were huge, huge, huge successes.
0: Yeah. So I would not be surprised that Borman was influenced, because uh, there are definitely uh, similarities that that we'll be talking about. Yeah. Um, so the next thing that gets introduced in the next scene, there's two. There's two different uh, trials that are discussed. Uh, you
1: have the trial of oh, yeah. George Satan. Oh my God! What did you have? Do you, you have the crimes written down? I was looking for this today.
0: George Satan accused of transmitting a negative aura in second level.
1: Yes, <laughs> and he denies doing so. He says he's
0: innocent of psychic violence.
1: I'm innocent of psychic violence.
0: Which we saw some psychic violence tonight on the uh, on the debate, but um,
1: yeah transmitting a, a bad was a bad aura is that what he says
0: accused of transmitting a negative aura in second level
1: basically he was like harsh in the vibe like that's yeah. like what he is he was like harsh in the mellow and he like I mean,
2: that is punishable by death yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah he sort of yeah. brings
0: down the vibe
1: <laughs> accused of fucking up the cypher on second <laughs> level <Yeah. laughs>
0: Well, so he basically, initially he says that he was just, um, offering constructive criticism. Um, but then later he turns around and he says that, uh, it wasn't intentional, um, and that his thoughts leak out through the head wound of my second death and that he was improperly repaired when his body was, was reconstructed. Um, But then he flips and he says, I hate you all. He's like, actually, it's bullshit. I hate you all. (laughs) Exactly. And so this is where you have this amazing introduction of a concept of everyone here, the Eternals live forever, and they're all young. They're in their, you know, 20s or or whatever. But when they commit crimes, they are aged.
2: So what happens to him then? He'll get
3: six months at
2: least. Prison. (laughs) Aging.
3: Aging? Yes, I'm getting old myself three months here a year there these
2: sentences add up
0: so if you're bad often enough you'll
2: die they make you old but they don't let you die so what's to stop you killing yourself i do now and again but the eternal tabernacle simply rebuilds me
0: right and (laughs) since they are stuck uh for all eternity Anytime they get aged, they're getting stuck with a worse and worse body that they have to deal mm, with. Right, and eventually they end up in the area of the renegades, and right. that's where friend takes him. And those are uh, folks who have aged to the point where they're senile. So it's eternal senility.
1: Seems rough. It's bad. But yeah. you could you could kill yourself, right? Just to come back as not like an old. No, you come back. You come back as you an come, old. come back as an old as an
2: old again. Yeah, oh. absolutely. They, what level of consciousness do the the renegades that are seen out, like, are they aware
0: that they're like trapped in this state of, they seem somewhat
1: lucid. Or, I mean, like they kind seem,
0: of? yeah. Some, I mean, you see them raging against it, right? Like they're, right. And, and, and really frustrated, but, uh, and they, they do have some sense, like the old man at the end is talking to him, yeah. having escaped and, and that kind of stuff. So they, they definitely have a That's sense. Right. And, and that would be horrible to be trapped in, in that body for eternity.
1: This is where you, this is where I think you get into, like again what I was talking about before with like this era of sci-fi is very obsessed with like the counterculture of the 60s and like youth Mm -hmm. culture in general and like you know there's like sort of this part of the thing that's going on is kind of an attack or like a you know hey hippies it's not so great like you know if you end up in eternity be eternally youthful or whatever like there's a downside or whatever Mm -hmm. Uh, and like so and so like this movie kind of is of a piece with like Logan's run um, which is another like favorite of mine Mm -hmm. from from the time period of like You know, like where you're like, oh, like you're eternally young and like you can have like you know, sex with whoever you want, like on like you know, the dial a sex partner like channel on in Logan's Run and like you know, everyone's got like funky outfits, but there's a dark side. Like and they're just so (laughs) they're just like it's just clearly like a older filmmakers like obsession with like you know how fucked up the hippies they're like fucking hippies i'm gonna show you if you got what you wanted you'd be like aged in like, an <laughs> old yeah. person's home and like hunted by the sandman it would be terrible you wouldn't hate right. it That's, right <laughs> the studio heads are
0: like yeah yeah ah, Poppy.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah you go ahead with your That's fucking true. like godspell outfits and dance around with your weird halter tops and yeah. like i'm gonna show <laughs> you what, what happens, happens.
0: Yeah. Well, so the other the other dangerous element that's introduced are the apathetics, and these are young, seemingly healthy, body folks,
1: but they're totally blank. Just disturbing.
0: So we cut from there straight to penic response.
1: Okay, great. Walk us through it. <laughs> so don't rush it. Just <laughs> slowly build. Break it down slow. Yeah.
2: Exactly.
1: Do it slowly. <laughs> yeah.
2: Penic erection was one of the many unsolved evolutionary mysteries surrounding sexuality.
0: Every society had an elaborate subculture devoted to erotic stimulation. It is established there; they've been doing a lot of study on how does uh, eroticism work and what is the uh, what is the contact. And they show the picture of, you know, like a cartoon drawing of like a limp dick. But nobody could quite determine how this becomes this. And then, and then, erect penis, and it's just like, okay, guys. Um, I love that, like,
1: they, they're like a race of eternal super geniuses, and they don't know how hard ons work. Like, that's like, <laughs> that's like where, that's what this movie is is trying to establish in this scene. That's Maybe right. they're just
2: all big nerds. That's dude. what they're saying. That's, that's what, saying. what they're, that's what they're, trying they're trying
1: saying. Say. No, they're saying they're that like there's so much in their soon. head that they've lost like sort of the physical like reality of their bodies.
0: Well, they literally can't get erect. So right. that's that's what she establishes. Right. They, they, so they can't get, it's a, it's a super race that can't get it up. And right. so hmm. essentially, they wanna try and understand how it works for brutals, because it's established that, that they certainly can. So now we have the stimulation video.
2: This experiment will measure autoerotic stimulation of the cortex leading to erection.
0: Play. which the first is just like video of a woman in the shower soaping right. up, which it was like, okay, great, great video. <laughs> um, but that doesn't work on Zed. So Can then they go did to did naked did mud wrestling. Did
1: mm-hmm. did.
0: Is that what that was? Is that, is that?
1: It's a good, it's an interesting question too, of like where, um, like, where'd they get that footage from? Like what, a, what yeah, a, it was.
2: I was, I was trying to figure out what I was looking at. I was like, what? Is this <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: naked mud
2: wrestling? I yeah. guess
0: that's a thing. <laughs> uh but that also doesn't work. And so Consuela's like trying to figure out what's happening. And then Sean, you know, like very impishly, he just starts share, he starts staring at Consuela and the indicator of his interest on the screen just starts like, starts going crazy yeah. <laughs> and everybody's looking at him and he's like
1: mm. he's like, Yeah, that's and right. I'm going to get a a heart on by looking at you and prove my point. I mean, it's a wild, it's a wild idea. Like that they, I mean, and like at this, this point, the movie, I I really think like you just can't take it seriously anymore. Like, you're just like, okay, like they're, they're, they're off on an adventure of some sort. They've got some kind of like, you know, crystal and. Pornhub situation and like <laughs> I do love again the, the the production design the set design of that room like mm. uh, where they their general meeting room like their weird ass mm, romper room. Don't.
2: The one where there are people stuck in the walls. Yes. Or are we talking well, about no, that was that's crazy, good too. Right?
1: That's good too. Yeah, that's very much reminded me of the lobby of the Cosmopolitan Hotel in Las Vegas. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, totally. but like the 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 one where this the the Phoenix scene takes place is in the red room with like the weird projection screen and like there's okay. people in nets, like in yeah. like conical nets for no reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Just great, that. just great choices. Just everyone was making their best choices when they showed up that day. <laughs>
0: (laughs) Very weird. Very weird. So, so we cut from PNIC response to May doing a second level assessment on Zed. And this is Mm -hmm. where she establishes that he is a mutant by analyzing his DNA. And she says he's second or third generation and then says that he is vastly superior to anyone there. Um, so he is not a savage who is less mm-hmm. advanced. He's actually far more advanced than they are. And we know that Arthur uh, Freeman has been doing experiments. So we didn't, you know, the Eternals didn't know, and we didn't know the extent, but he has clearly been genetically engineering. Um, NZ said that his parents were chosen to be able to breed. Not everybody gets to breed. Um, so it's established exactly what's happening here.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: So we go from there to the downfall of Friend. Um, Consueli gets pissed because Friend is using Zed to help him do his chores. And interestingly, it's established that they're supposed to be egalitarian. They're all supposed to take their turns washing dishes and cleaning up and that kind of stuff. Um, and it becomes so dramatic that they hold a vote. Vote.
3: Yes, vote! Uh-huh. Give your votes.
0: And I just want to talk about this. There's a lot of, first of all, how do we get the facial expressions and like the hand signals and stuff incorporated into our voting I lo- system? I
1: love that. I love that. <laughs> like it's so fucking weird. Like this. I was shit. really
2: trying to determine what meant yes and what meant oh, yeah. no. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It seemed to swish or switch like. Frequently during the whole thing. It's not not
1: like super. I don't think it was, some of them weren't that advanced. I don't think it it was like, so basically, like one person votes no and it's just like, no. (laughs) Like, sort of does like, says no while inhaling. It's like, sort of like those like cultures, like there's some Scandinavian cultures in which, like, and I think Irish too, in which like they say yes on an inhale. Like, yes, yes. Like, that's like, that's like sort of like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> start that. so in go. the end there's a lot of finger pointing um, friend you know they, they attempt to take friend to second level to friend doesn't want to go to second a- level don't take friend adhesives. to fucking
1: second level if he doesn't want to go
3: <laughs> no I will I will not go to second level with you I will no
1: I what do we think? What does that mean? Like because it's like we should meditate on this, right? It's like, so it's like they're right. going to have like some group meditative uh, experience,
0: which means and, they have to be aligned, right? They all have to be aligned and don't let out any negative auras,
1: so it's the same thing that, like the first guy, the first home George George, 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 Satan also gave yeah, off that was, bad aura mm-hmm. Do we like friend? That's the other thing do I we, like friend. Or, I mean, I think do we. I think he's kind of a douche I mean like I wouldn't want to like I wouldn't want to like you know he, he, friend, friends definitely sent some questionable things to the group thread like you know like right. friend is right. like right. You're, you, can't, uh, you can't really trust you can't. friend in like you know the long run he's definitely gonna say some shit that he shouldn't have that's gonna <laughs> that's gonna show up the wrong way in the slack channel but like <laughs> you know I think in general like he kind of had like sort of a fun he had sort of a fun vibe and he wasn't taking it too seriously and everyone else was so yeah. I appreciate him for that
0: yeah. Well, I will say on a rewatch, knowing what you know at the end of the movie, it changes the entire yeah
1: the entire exactly. perception. Friends are friend. on a different project. Does it
0: now yeah. gotta mm. You know, he refuses to go to second level. They decide to make him renegade, and they blast him mentally. Um, at which point Zed takes off and he runs outside and he goes to the edge of Vortex 4 to the periphery shield, um, which is great as he's sort of rubbing his face against the shield and like that was a cool practical effect of a piece of plastic or glass or whatever that is um, to be that barrier. But he also oh, yeah. um, he also signals in a distance to some of his brutals that are out there. So this is the first time you have an inkling that there's a little more going on. There's a Zed's plan of some
1: which is, sort. Yeah, which is cool. yeah, 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 exactly.
0: That's right,
2: because they're these dudes show up like just sort of like okay, and then, see that's the other thing they sort of play with uh, throughout this movie is like the level of information the audience has and and like you you think you're kind of on Zed's le- or at least I thought I was like kind of on Zed's level from the beginning, kind of understanding all of this, but right like, there's stuff that he kept from us, there's stuff that he kept you know from so from was, himself, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, totally. It, that that was I like that even if it didn't quite work
0: if that makes sense like you don't immediately pick up on all of it but i still like that they were kind of going there for me i think that unfolding is almost the most important thing of the film the Mm -hmm. fact the fact that it does sort of unfold in that way um even though the you know the the execution of the film is so kind of buffoonish that that aspect of it is really really well done in in my opinion so zed runs uh to the renegades and he goes to find a friend And Friend says that uh, the human race has plagued this pretty planet for far too long. And Zed goes right back at him, you stink of despair, fight Mm -hmm. back, fight for death if that's what you want. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is where Friend introduces him to the concept of the tabernacle, which is the Alexa uh, crystal ring that everybody is wearing and talking to and is the source of information and knowledge um, and the immortality. And he is introduced to the founder, Uh, who is the guy who created Immortality in the first place and created the community, and he says that he needs to go to May. So Zed goes to see May, Mm. and then she begins to go through his memories. And to me, I love this scene because it's like an improv exercise. Every day, I murder Brutals, until one day when I saw a face in a window... And so he goes into the library and someone is in the library who teaches him to read and he reads all the books. Right. I thought that was kind of cool. Just even the city, the fact that the other Brutals wear like regular clothes, seemingly, um, like they don't give you mean you the much. people that
1: they're hunted? The people that yeah. are hunted? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, There's some- Okay, yeah, yeah. There's some story there that basically they hired um, Irish travelers um, to play all the- um, all of the like the people oh,
2: I think I read that it was just like random extras that they really liked or whatever yeah like, or just... so,
1: so like yeah the Irish travelers are like as Wikipedia defines it a nomadic indigenous ethnic group whose members maintain a set of hmm. traditions they are predominantly English speaking so though many speak Sholta, uh so anyway they are Oh, <laughs> although they are often Damn. referred to it as gypsies Irish travelers are not genetically related to the Romani gypsies. Anyway, so they're an ethnic group within Ireland and they hired them uh to play the like the folks being hunted because it was just like we need some folks who will like, you know, like one of these folks gets run over by, by a horse. horse. Yeah. Like literally the horse <laughs> tramples his head and Jesus they just keep Christ. shooting. They just keep it rolling.
0: Looks good. Uh, print. Looks <laughs> oh wait, the the gate was open. Back to one.
1: <laughs> Put your head back down in the sand. <laughs>
2: No, but I read that the the director was like, "These are the best extras I've ever." I read that quote.
1: In. I read that <laughs> quote. Oh my yeah, gosh. they all
2: showed up on time. Yeah. They liked the food. Like,
1: yeah, this wild shit. A plus would work with
0: Irish travelers. Yeah. <laughs> a plus plus would run over with a horse again. Yeah. <laughs> May is is probing his mind, right? And it's like this. You know, they're under a parachute. Uh, that's like lit with semi-transparent and stuff. And, and as she's digging in, there's one book that he read that he can't say the name of and she keeps probing and, and going deeper. He's also describing um, you know, killing Arthur and also the fact that Zardoz had forced them to switch from killing brutals to growing wheat. And he was really offended by that. He wanted to be a killer, And they wanted him to grow wheat, which we learned earlier was to feed the apathetics um, who couldn't care for themselves. But we have the reveal. The book that he was reading is nothing else other than The Wizard of Oz.
1: Come on, man. man.
0: That was a good reveal. I mean, I
1: I will say I had some, I had forgotten that that was the reality. Me too. uh, Having seen the movie like 20 years ago. So I was like, okay, Mm. all right. I forgot. You got me again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) Well, like that. Plus the like, you know, the meta layer. I mean, again, not super deep, but the fact of what the book is based on, and like just sort of like totally opening that curtain again, and you know, I, I, I I thought it was cute. I guess I don't know if cute is the right word, but I liked (laughs) it. No, I think cute is the right word. (laughs) (laughs) Destroying your reality with with the Wizard of Oz is definitely cute.
1: It's a big act of inference, though, from him, right? Like he goes from being illiterate to like understanding. Wait a minute.
0: No, no, he's there's
1: some clever wordplay here.
0: Like when he realized it, he didn't realize that that piece until that moment. You think
1: it seemed like it? That's the way that I mean that like, he read yeah, the Wizard of Oz. That. He gets that like he there's like a deception, and then like he's like whoa, and like there's a deception here because Zardoz is like a contraction of the Wizard of Oz,
0: mm. right? So, so back in, uh, in the real world, uh, you know, May is very turned on by all the feelings that he has. And so the two of them start making out.
1: And this is a, this is like the sheet tunnel scene, right? This is like where she's like got him in his, her sheet tent.
0: Correct. The sheet parachute.
1: The parachute uh, tent, like it's like a like in preschool, like when you'd play Sookie. like under yeah. the under oh, the parachute. Yeah. that yeah. was the best. That was the best day.
0: it inside once a month. Yeah. Yes,
1: totally. We're once doing, a
0: month, we got it once a year. I, know, I,
2: I had. oh, Okay. You I had it dialed.
1: You got like parachute day dialed. We're doing <laughs> uh, preschool interviews <laughs> right now for our son, and that's my only question: is how <laughs> You're often? Like, is, where's the parachute? How often is parachute day? That's right.
0: That's right. So uh so Consuela shows up and she puts a, she puts a kibosh on that, says that uh, May's gonna be age 50 years. And then we have the tug-of-war scene between Zed and Consuela. And this is amazing because they're yeah. like they're doing tug-of war, and then meanwhile, she's like using her psychic powers on him. Right. So Connery's eye work in this scene, like yeah. kind of Cross-eyed slash uh, pain, I thought was absolutely hilarious. <laughs>
1: He's—it's like she's hitting him with like um, like gas or something like that. Like she's sort of just like subtly like pumping out like carbon monoxide or something because he's just kind of like whoa, whoa. <laughs> and then he comes back around. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I don't that know. Would,
2: I mean, that would that would be hard to like fake that fight. Like even like yeah. f- fighting in the movies. There's like those can be difficult to fake. But when you're like just. Pretending to take punches by like s- some woman glaring at you. That's like a tough. Mm. I don't know. I, I props to Sean Connery there.
1: He does a much better job selling it than the other scene of psychic violence that we've seen where there's like two people doing like a flappy bird at each other. Like they're just like. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: uh, 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 like some uh, kind of weird, like
0: Everybody dance some now. Some kind of
1: funky chicken. Uh so he does a better <laughs> job than those folks do. That was weird. This movie's no, just I full think, of just so yeah. many fucking weird details. Like just like again, like on the yeah. day, I just don't like what was the direction there? Like you two are in a psychic fight. Okay, what does that look like? It looks like <laughs> uh, obviously
0: it means <laughs> flapping your wings. I do want to say, if you want to see crazy uh, fights that don't make sense, check out *Tenet*.
2: Uh, which oh, okay. has did you see it?
0: Yeah, yeah, I did,
2: I did. Oh, I, what, what
0: should sh- should I see this? Yes, risk, risk your life. You
1: definitely, to go see it. You should, <laughs> you should definitely
0: see it at the time of your choosing. Like, um, There's
1: not uh, enough New I, York I, Time reporters who have COVID already. But, like you need to go. Yeah,
0: seriously. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> All right, so this ends with Consuela blinding uh, Zed. And so he is sent by May to Avalo. And Avalo is sort of like this uh, mystical leader within the group. And she's like, she'd been referencing some mysteries. And again, it was almost like play-like. There were little interludes that she did that kind of moved things along. Mm. Um, but she describes, first of all, she says, he has to commit to kill her in the future. She then explains what is happening, how they got to this point.
3: The world was dying. We took all that was good and made an oasis here. We few, the rich, the powerful, the clever, cut ourselves off to guard the knowledge and treasures of civilization as the world plunged into a dark age.
1: Mm. So that's kind of the layout That's kind of a thing And they also It's also revealed That they tried to go to space And like there was like There was nothing to go see there Like space was a dead end Like they went They went to go visit other stars But it was like
2: I like that I liked that Like that sort of Like usually space is like The final frontier Yeah they're like No it's just some bullshit And And they're like No 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 no, There's absolutely nothing (laughs) I really like that It's just full of like Also do you get like a a, (laughs) Just a bunch of rocks (laughs) That remind me a little of Demolition Man in the sense mm. where they they sort of are like the future. Everything was going to shit, and we sort of had to sort of risk, or we had to, well, we had to sacrifice X and uh, in order to sort of keep right. our society going. And
1: also, they had to sacrifice sex. Another another movie in which I one of the things that they that. lost was 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 doing it. The
2: three, but they had the, 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 yeah. they
1: had the shells. They had the shells. Yeah, the
2: shell, three seashells and the halos.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Murder, uh,
0: death, kill. <laughs>
1: That's a good movie. That's a good movie. We should just watch that now.
0: <laughs> you should, honestly. <laughs> Agree.
1: I But I mean, that again, I think, is where you get into like sort of the hippie commentary, which is just like, oh yeah, it's a bunch mm-hmm. of fucking trustafarians who like want to be like hippies and like drop out of society and like, you know, just do drugs and have like free love or whatever. But like, mm-hmm. what's that going to fucking get you? Like, you, you know, like you just live in this, you know, bullshit commune. That's right.
0: That's oh, right. Well, so Zed Zed runs, um, and we're starting to make our way here towards the towards the final showdown. So Zed uh, goes back out to the shield again, and this time his homeboys are right on the other side of the shield, yeah. and he does some real aggressive sign language, like he's yeah. really really getting into it, and. Um, <laughs> and doing his moves.
2: (laughs) Looks like dancing.
0: He's now being hunted um, and he hides among the apathetics. And the woman that he tossed into the hay earlier, yeah, so she's apathetic again, or somewhat apathetic again, but she sees him, she comes out of it, she tastes the salt off his his sweat, and then- Oh yeah, I forgot about that. (laughs) Sean
1: Connery's sweat is the tonic for apathy. (laughs) Right. If you're feeling blue and you just don't know, where to go to. <laughs> Taste John
0: Connery's sweat. Oh <laughs> uh, so interestingly it when tracks she, when she tes- when she tastes it, you get the you get the you get the bell sound, which is associated with the tabernacle. And then as oh. each of the other people tastes it, and then they start kissing to pass it back and forth. Each time you have that, so you have a sense that something from the tabernacle is being passed along through Zed. I didn't pick that. Uh, I didn't pick so that's that. That's an interesting yeah, wow, I, that's I good. got that. I got that today. So as all of them are <laughs> making today. out, I, j- I
1: got those notes
0: today. <laughs> no, no, I watched it again today. Uh, <laughs> okay. But but so Damn. as. Uh, you, you do have this great scene as they're all making out, and the subtitles just say "moaning intensifies." <laughs>
1: oh
2: <my> god! <laughs> oh, I should have watched it with the
0: subtitles.
1: That's amazing. Oh, so that's kind of that's kind of like a Dune-ish type scene because that's like sort of like the scene yeah, that's like the C. taking of the water of life. Yeah, like and there's a scene in there's a scene in uh, in Dune where the Reverend Mother transmutes the water of life. And uh, there's basically what's described as an orgy, uh, and there's nice. this shared consciousness uh, and where they all kind of taste of this liquid that's like like been modified by the the Reverend Mother.
0: Mike, I can I can give you the direct reference in your brain. Zion rave.
1: Zion. rave. <laughs> Zion rave. <laughs> okay, you've Stand Fully right yeah, now. <laughs> yeah. So that's like kind of what this is too. That's kind of what this is too. Is yeah. Zion rave <laughs> sweat. So,
0: So Zed (laughs) continues to be on the run now and he goes to the Renegades to try and find friend. Um, Here he is forced to wear a bride's dress. That's a
1: wild, again. Oh, I
0: forgot about that. Was that in the script? That was crazy. (laughs) He didn't
1: want to do it. It
2: wasn't even, did he not? I can only imagine. Yeah, there was like, like, he was like, no,
1: not show. I don't do that.
2: (laughs) I mean, it wasn't even like a, It was a pretty like frumpy frock too. It was like very like, I think it had like a collar,
0: which is, you know. But his guns were, his guns were huge. Like they they were definitely big in that.
1: He was like, I don't want to wear it. And they were like, $200,000 says you do. Do
0: you want to get paid? (laughs) So he gets picked up by May, who says she can, she can help him. And she offers, if he will inseminate, all of her followers Uh. in exchange, they will touch teach him outside time because they don't have time. And so then you have this scene of them, basically him sleeping with all of the women and, like light projections onto their bodies and like the, the room spinning around the camera and stuff. I got a real holy mountain vibe out of that.
1: I was going to say, I think oh, I, yes. I think this is where it gets pretty Yodo uh, ask <laughs> is like, it, it just becomes very like lights and colors and not much, not much theory. That's right.
0: I so we watch that now. Oh man, I bought that uh, when we had we had uh, we did Joe Dune with uh, Steven Scarlatta, who was the producer. I was gonna ask you, do I need to watch that movie? Oh god, yes, <laughs> I've never seen it. That's watch so the good. movie and then listen to the episode. Yeah, it's
1: okay. really good. All right, all right, all
0: right, that's my weekend. So, uh, so we do have an important bit of exposition here, and that is where they establish that the tabernacle was created, again, we met the founder earlier, Um, they erased the memory of the tabernacle so nobody could destroy it. And each of the Eternals has a crystal planted in their head that joins them with the tabernacle. And Avalo produces a huge crystal and says, look into this, you will see lines running into the future. You will make insight jumps. When you can see into this crystal, then you will be ready.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: And he looks into it and he sees only my own... Perplexity knowledge is not enough. Um, so I thought that was I thought that was really cool establishing huh. more of like how the tech works, the tabernacle, and uh, and the transmission uh, of that. Are you saying that's like a sort
2: of indication of like is it a specific point saying knowledge is not enough here? Like there's more to. How to understand this, or is that was yeah. that just the part of, that he was at? Sorry, go
0: ahead. I no, no. I think you're absolutely right, uh, and we'll get to this in just a second when he has the showdown okay. at the tabernacle. But but I think the assertion is it's not just this isn't about pure knowledge. This is about personal understanding uh, mm. and and alignment of consciousness. Got it. Maybe. Got it. Got it. No, I buy that. So he goes. He goes on his way out, and he goes through a house of mannequins, um, and you know one of these mannequins is definitely going to be alive. (laughs) I love that. That was a total homage in Blade Runner to this.
1: Oh yeah. I guess that's true. I don't know. Do you think? Do you think Ridley Scott was influenced by Zardoz? Hundred
0: percent. Hundred percent. God. Yeah.
1: I don't know. It doesn't make me feel better. I
0: don't know. I I basing that on nothing, but I but I bet he is.
1: There must be I'm other going thing. through a house of mannequin scenes, right? Like or like Probably. you know, it's like sort Probably. of a uh, Enter the Dragon thing too, except like yeah, you right. Know.
0: So the so the cool part here, Arthur pops. You know, he he comes up uh, and he stabs him, but he stabs him with a stage knife. It's a, right. it's a fake. Yeah, that was right.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which just goes back to like the whole sort of like it's it's a it's a play, Can,
0: right? Yeah, It's his theater. Exactly. This is, yeah, totally. Uh, and so he says, "Revenge." Now we're even. And then he quotes T. S. Eliot on Lazarus, um, and he tosses him the crystal ball, and he says that when he can see it, uh, you know, he'll he'll be ready again. Um, and so this is the this is the part where he sees Consuela walking up behind him with a knife to kill him, and he basically stops her, uh, almost mind intimidating her, um, and she says, "In hunting you, I've become you." And he says, when you spend oh, yeah. too much time chasing dragons, you become a dragon. Nietzsche. Nietzsche. It's so
1: fucking weird. Like the, the, the movie, know. like who like how does the umpire duck... is just like,
0: yeah,
2: that's Nietzsche. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he like suddenly has got like all these references. He like knows like T. Yes. S. Eliot. He knows yes. Nietzsche. Like Yes. Good lord. He's Zed the is the ubermensch. He's the worst at this point. It's just very uh. tedious. It.
0: <laughs> so she seemingly out of nowhere offers her life and her love and he accepts it. Yeah. And then he looks inside the ball and says that he's ready. And so this is where we have the, the showdown with the tabernacle. And he says, speaking to the tabernacle,
3: brain emissions refract low wavelength laser light passing through the crystal in the brain. They're a code sent to you for interpretation and storage. Yes or no? not permitted
1: oh my god oh my god sean connery really has to deliver some dialogue in the last act of this movie like he's gotta oh, yeah. like deliver t.s elliott nietzsche this fucking low-level like you know like he's basically doing like lost verses from like dr octagon uh and like and like and then he's got the all-time line in the movie get inside my aura. <laughs> like Yes. Which is, so he's really got a, he's really got some stunning. <laughs> it's called range. It's range. called range.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Subtlety. Um, so he, you know, he is sucked by the tabernacle because it knows that it has his number. So it takes him inside in order to defeat him. And to the point that you made earlier, like this is like a giant 2001 ripoff in the hall of Ooh. mirrors and lots of noise and, you know um, you know, stress and all that stuff. Um, and so for me, thank God Star Wars ended that whole genre of movies that were never gonna do it as well as 2001. But he shoots the mirror, he shoots his own mirror image, he sees his image, he kills himself, he's Buddha or whatever, um, and he comes out. Uh, Consuela wakes him with a kiss, and this is the stay, stay close to me within my aura.
1: Stay within my aura. I've just fucked a crystal. I know the way forward. <laughs> <laughs> no, because there's this whole thing where he has to penetrate the crystal. I mean, like, it's very weird. Mm. It's very weird.
0: Well, So you had, in just in that scene directly before that, you had all of the Eternals coming in and smashing uh, all the statues up and, and breaking right. things down. So he extends his aura. He holds his hand out and he begins walking them out.
1: And it's tenant. And it's, it's tenant.
0: Everybody right. else is going backwards, backwards in time, right. and he is moving forwards uh through time.
1: Yeah, which was totally badass. Take your shit back, Christopher Nolan. It was done in 1974 <laughs> for literally like four hundred thousand dollars, and like you know, some Irish, some Guinness, like a crate of Guinness. I guarantee
0: you. I guarantee you, Christopher Nolan has seen Zardoz. I yeah. guarantee you,
1: yes, yeah, hundred yeah, percent.
0: I'm sure this is where the idea came from. Is it
2: pretty looking, Tennant? Gorgeous.
0: Like, is it nice to look at? Okay. Gorgeous.
2: <laughs>
1: look at look how sensual. How sensual Matt said that. It's gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the vibe that Zardoz puts in him, though. It's just like That's right. Right. everything That's becomes. Right. Very everything very is like sensuous, becomes, <laughs> uh, <laughs> sensuous, sensuous yeah. parachutes everywhere. Very I'm languid. Up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sensuous parachutes. That was the original working title of Zardoz was Sensuous parachutes.
0: I was say? <laughs> That's my new album uh, coming out next year. (laughs) So he takes the tabernacle to the founder, um, and he said, The founder admits that the vortex was against nature, so nature needed a battle of wills to kill us. So she made you. We forced the hand of evolution, which, and then he dies. It's slightly confusing because I guess you're saying nature's controlling Arthur Feynman, who produced Zed, who then destroyed them. or just that nature always gets the last laugh i guess is the is the ultimate message.
1: Mm. Yeah, it's kind of like a it's kind of like a a matrix or like battlestar galactica of like, you know, like oh like you know the system wasn't balanced and so therefore all of this has happened before and like, you know, we're just, you know, we had to correct it and you were the thing that was needed to fix the system that was unbalanced and so it all worked
0: But out. without any Jimi Hendrix
1: covers. Yeah, exactly. Thank God. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, so Zed gives May the crystal, and he says to take it out and ride through the wall. Um, and she just takes off with her, with her followers. And then Arthur, basically Arthur's saying, hey. <laughs> it was I who gave you access to the stone. It was I. I
2: bred you. I led you. And I have looked into the face of the force that put the idea in your mind.
3: You're bred and led yourself.
2: <laughs> that's an own that's a, that it's an epic <laughs> an epic own
1: <laughs> yeah i looked inside the void I, he says i looked inside the force that put the idea in your mind
0: yes of breeding him so nature was he just trying to
2: reverse the like like any dominion you think you have over me is fucking total bullshit because i i'm like seeing way beyond that sort of thing
1: yeah, yes. it's basically like what's-her-face in Labyrinth to David Bowie at the end, where he's like, you have mm. no power over me.
0: Right. And right. just, yeah. And so I love, Arthur says, we've all been used and abused. And That's yeah. what it's like, okay then it's just
1: be, then it just becomes like fucking jokey times. like it's yeah. it's really it's it's late. I think everyone realized the movie was like running long, and it's just like we got <laughs> we got to get this shit on the road. like just get some jokes like and like, you know, like close it out. <laughs>
0: yeah and so so in the closeout avalo performs her final lamentation she looks at zed who had promised to kill her and he can't he says all past remnants of myself are gone and she's shot anyway because the brutals are here and so now you have this incredible you know killing spree with the brutals just shooting the hell out of everybody and slicing their throats and uh and that's so a great a great scene and um, the music begins to really swell um, as that is happening, which which I liked a lot. Oh yeah there's
2: just Beethoven's uh, seventh, seventh, uh, seventh seventh yeah seventh
1: It's really Alagretto. good. Yeah, it's great. really good. They, they use that they use that pretty well. I have no idea what the end of the movie means. Again, it sort of like gave me yeah. Battlestar it sort of gave me Battlestar vibes like where yeah. it's like it's just like, oh, these are like the first people and like you know they're like Adam and Eve and like their child is the first new human. I don't know maybe.
2: Right. Yeah, well, that was. I, I was waiting for you guys to understand that and help help me get it because I just didn't right. quite.
0: Well, yeah. So, so, so everyone is killed except for Zed and Consuela who escape, and they go out and they go into a cave, and I guess it is, you know, as nature intended. Mm. You sit down in a spot, and you don't move until your kid goes to college, and then you die with your skeleton holding <laughs> your spouse's skeleton hand. In a seated position.
2: That's how I'm gonna go out.
1: <laughs> That's love.
0: <laughs>
1: it's better it's better than dying in a fight at IKEA or something like that. <laughs> which is like the other way to go out in a marriage.
0: You raise you raise a good point. I, I mean, to me, that's almost I guess it doesn't really matter, right? May's gone, so she's gonna take her group. She's impregnated with Zed's business um, mm-hmm. and all of her followers. so like they're gonna go do human evolution off there, and Zed is maybe removing himself from that system and saying, you know for me, I don't know, love is enough, love and my family is enough. I don't yeah,
1: know. I'm starting a new life outside of these this fucking bullshit mm. inside my own aura.
2: Uh, and he's not. Yeah, right. Like this is their their own little they exist in that world and not in some sort of I mean, the other the other pre let's say pre cave life for Zed was just sort of being part of a either a system where you're like on the slave level or being oppressed. Right. Or you're up at the top and like sort of pulling all the strings around this. So maybe that's him just sort of saying, I don't want to borrow any of this. No hierarchy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right. It's
1: just me and my lady, <laughs> me and my, and my <laughs> large adult son in a
0: holocracy or whatever. Large adult in a holocracy,
1: son. yeah. We have a holocracy. <laughs> <laughs> we have committee meetings twice weekly, and
0: what is the name of the conference room in that cave?
1: <laughs> I think. Yeah, it, <laughs> I fucked a crystal. A <laughs> uh, so great, man. I think they really just didn't know. I think they just realized that, look, we're at about an hour and a half. We got to like cut, we, like this movie's getting in. Just, just, no, like, I think you so raise a good
0: point though, Mike, like he could have said, listen, May, I'm the boss now, let's go. Um, and I'm going to lead this new, this new thing. But he Seems does like, choose to take himself out of that and say, you go do your thing. I've done my part. Hmm. I wonder what the sun, yeah. what, the, what becomes of the sun, I guess is the other question.
1: But- yeah. Do they establish, do you think like why uh, Consuela comes back to him?
0: You mean hmm. the first time when she comes and yeah, uh, went yeah. and, and confesses her love for him or whatever? Yeah, what is that no. based
1: on? Nothing, right? Just like animal just like, magnets, just like Sean Connery's right. like hair suit appearance, <laughs>
0: right? God, we didn't even talk about body hair in this. We film. were that was
1: a, like last week. We promised we were going to talk about body hair quite a bit, and like how, <laughs> how what a solid Sean Connery does for those of us of the hairier variety of dude. Uh, which we 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 said that it was good that you are a guest because we. we
2: <laughs> it's pretty well established yeah, that everyone you're here a furry is. gentleman. <laughs>
3: That's right.
0: Are you going mankini for Halloween?
1: Yeah, you're a furry you know, gentleman. Know. Lay it out here uh, first. I don't know.
0: I, you know what? I mean, I'm not going to rule it out. Actually, yeah, rule it out.
1: <laughs> do your next I'm not TV hit just like in that outfit? Oh my god!
2: CNBC in like a leather yeah. red
1: mankini. <laughs> Now with a reaction to Uber's about- latest earnings is <laughs> wait a minute, <laughs> what is it that? Is, uh, we need to we need to cut. It's a pandemic, but it's not that bad. Right. <laughs> oh, oh, oh yeah, I know. Shit. I think it was great. Uh, I am not going as that either. It did. It did <laughs> give me. I aspire to be in that shape. I feel like I could get mm. to that level of of physique like it's not like unobtainable like you just have to i just have to try a little harder
2: that was no that was that's i think that gives uh gives hope to the potential dad bods of us exactly out there you know
1: yeah because he's drink he's drinking too every night clearly like sean Connery. he's that's not like a sober body like he's like he's clearly like, whatever is in the Borman cupboards, he's helping himself too. And it's just like shepherd's pie and a pint of Guinness every night. You can do that. Oh my God, I mean, I want that life. I want that life too. Let's go that to County amazing. Wicklow. Let's go to County Wicklow and do a reshoot. Reading poetry. Yeah. yeah.
3: Seriously.
2: Jesus.
1: Get inside my aura.
2: I'm not fucking any crystals. No, I'm not fucking crystals. Sure. Wow.
0: Principal stance. <laughs> Mike, final thoughts on Zardoz? Anything we missed, or any any other reflections you have? What's your What's your overall uh, rating on, on on this film? Uh,
2: I I actually really did like it. I I was struggling a lot with it to, like, there's a way in which you look at this and t- and, and sort of explain what every part of it means and kind of say it's a metaphor for x thing or whatever social issues that are going on in the day and then but i think the more, most fun i had with it was when i stopped trying to nail that down and just sort of like let some of the wackiness be what it was yeah that makes sense for and sure like that and and like i don't know i honestly don't know the director's intention the writer's intention but like perhaps that's they sort of i, I kind of sign on to to the to Goldman's theory that, like, perhaps that's ended. That's kind of where they ended up. Maybe they kind of like started floating off into not all of this has to be like perfectly ascribed into meaning or something. Mm. So, I, I think the the I think you have to be in a, like a certain headspace to 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 go for that. You know, like sort of um, crack open the the brownies or something mm-hmm. before you start watching. But it was definitely mm. it was def, I, did, I I liked it. I, I honestly I would recommend it. Not even fully ironically.
0: Yeah, that's good. That's high praise. I that
1: makes sense. <laughs> that is pretty high praise. I don't know if it's justified by the text, but I appreciate. I'm I'm happy for you that the movie spoke to you on this level. It's an interesting question of what drug is this movie intended to, intended for. Like, right. I don't think. I don't think. I was, was
2: totally sober, by the way. but, yeah. but now I'm curious. I had one beer.
1: I'm I'm a 44 a year old dad. I'm totally sober all the time now. But like the <laughs> like the, like, the, like I think. I think the I think weed is not quite Strong enough for this not movie. There. I think th- I think this is an acid movie Really Because I like with all totally. Of like the With all of like the Mirrors and like Crystal shit And like Just kind of How disassociative it is Like I feel yeah. it's I feel it's It's pretty much An LSD movie But I think yeah. it's like An LSD movie From someone who like Doesn't really have Like isn't really A, a drug person I think it's like right. More of an indictment Of like <laughs> drug culture Or something Like That's again right. I think like this movie Is like That's a, a counter one. Counter culture movie. no you're, or- you're close
0: Jason I, th- I think I think acid is probably too much for this film I think mm. you're looking for raid 5.
1: Rate five, yeah. That was a, that's a callback joke to that episode. <laughs> okay. That this podcast, I was like, this podcast, is this a did, new drug, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the we're the we're the 107th most popular podcast in Costa Rica for television and film, <laughs> yes! and all of the people there know exactly what rate that
0: callback. Yeah, um, like high yeah. <laughs> and, uh, um,
1: Jason, <laughs> any other
0: any other thoughts on uh, on Zardes, and and what did you what did you take away
1: the, to for Dune 2021? I think well. I, one thing we didn't talk about is uh, Charlotte Rampling is a tremendous actress. Like I, I really was, mm. I, I really was excited to see her in this movie. Uh, and like I, I think she's just tremendous. Like she does like a really good, um, sort of half eye kind of like super intense, but like. Very cool um, vibe, uh, and I think she's perfect for the Reverend Mother. I think in an earlier, if Dune had been, if she was like in the the Lynch Dune, she would have been an amazing um, lady, Jessica. Jessica. Yeah, yeah, like she she's got that Benny Jesuit poise um, and like super intensity, super intelligence, like you know that I think you need. Um, so I'm I'm pretty excited that she's in this movie. It made me want to see other. Um, Charlotte Rampling movies. Um, yeah. So I thought that was I thought that was a a good takeaway. Um, I think it's good. I think also I was thinking a lot just about like sort of the evolution of science fiction, where if you put two thousand and one out of it because that's like such a very specific. That's like my favorite movie, and like it's such a specific triumph, uh, and, and that like. this exists in this weird pocket of sci-fi before the vocabulary of sci-fi existed. And then we've sort of Mm. been operating in that same vocabulary of sci-fi for a very long time since. And it'll be interesting. And and Villeneuve in Arrival and... Blade Runner sort of is establishing a new language for science fiction that's like not entirely ungrounded like this, but like is, um, less, uh, it, it's more, you know, it's more sparse. It's more, uh, it, it's, it's more, you know, monochromatic in a lot of ways, uh, and it's less like flashy laser stuff. And so it makes me excited for like there to be a new science fiction, uh, language that maybe you can language. tap into for like a big hmm. epic like Dune. So, Yeah. yeah.
0: Awesome. So I, I really love this movie, even though it has a lot of major, major problems. Like the execution is, is extremely problematic. um, and just really silly, uh, for no reason. It's a silly movie. uh, Totally. But the first time I saw it, the way it unfolded, the overall, like the, just sort of like the twists and the turns, I always thought like this could be done. Like if you take, like taking out the Would go so far towards making this a better movie, right? And and there's like just not having it based in the 70s with sexuality and drug induced all that stuff. Like you could really make a a much harder version of Zardoz that would be that would be really cool. So I I really enjoyed it for that, and I love the fact that it 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 took great uh, kind of risks of of making something really bold and and bizarre, um, even though much of the execution falls woefully short. I will say. Borman made this after failing to make, um, Lord of the Rings. He right. had the rights Whoa. and he tried to make a much more adult, uh, oriented version of Lord of the Rings with more sex and violence. And, uh, that ended up not happening. Huh. He did channel seven years after this, he made one of my all time favorite films growing up as a kid, Excalibur.
1: Oh man, that movie's trash too.
0: <laughs> no, that's <laughs> definitely wrong. Excalibur, much much stronger execution. It still has kind of it has a better version of humor. It still has some of the kind of violence and stuff, um, but it's that's an awesome film. If you haven't seen it, you should definitely. No, I haven't. No, I gotta look. Yeah, you should check that out.
1: Oh, that is, don't get funny. your hopes up. Like Just tell me which trip
2: to take before. <laughs> right, yeah. right.
0: Send me raid five. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't. I'm not sure about that one. Like, the, it's interesting. There's this, this era of films in which people—Gabriel Byrne, Liam Neeson, Patrick
0: Stewart—yeah, so good actors. They're yeah. good
1: actors for sure.
0: Helen Mirren. Yeah, Helen Mirren. Anal Nathrak Uthva Vaspetha, Dhojil Dienve. Come on, man. Uh, oh
1: my God. What are you wow. talking doing about? Doing a lot right now. The charm nice. of
0: making that. is. Okay. dude. Anyways, <laughs> great movie. Um, great. Okay, so. We have, Mike, one last piece one of last business. One last piece of business. Every, every episode, uh, we cast Tilda Swinton in any role of your choosing. So if you were to choose who you would have uh, Tilda Swinton play, who would it be? <laughs> um, th-
2: this There's probably a way better answer, but the first thing that popped into my mind was... Jules Winfield, Samuel L. Jackson's character in *Pulp
1: Fiction*. That's but, a good. That's a good answer. But we're to. talking specifically in *Zardoz*. I love oh, that. Oh. I love that fucking answer, though. <laughs> That's a great answer. I love the idea of the. Actually, you don't need to give another answer. The answer I was of like, wait a minute. T- <laughs> who would Tilda Swinton play in Zardoz? Is Jules Still, from Pulp <laughs> <screen. laughs> Fiction. Correct. Good job.
3: Okay. That's Well oh, done. Okay. <laughs>
1: Thank you. My answer is. Uh, is going to be Did not see that coming. Yoda from the Empire Strikes Back. No, I, uh, my answer <laughs> I think I think obviously the Charlotte Ram- I think there's a lot of similarities between Tilda and Charlotte Rampling that are kind of interesting. Um yeah. but I also like the idea of her playing the friend role. I think the friend role. That was, was really what I thought. Yeah. Yeah, oh,
0: that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, there's something kind of whimsical and and, and odd um, about that. I actually think yeah. she could be um Arthur as well. Um that idea yeah, being an, kind of like a trickster.
1: It's doing something better with the Arthur role would be great. Yeah,
0: get her with the painted on, the painted on beard. Uh, <laughs> could look quite good. Isn't
2: isn't she in like multiple roles in all of Bong Joon Ho's films? Are I yeah. no? Them? You're right. Maybe, you're that? right.
1: Okay. No, yeah, she's she's in. She plays multiple oh, roles yeah. in Snowpiercer uh, and yeah. Okia yeah. She's uh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: She was great mm-hmm. in that.
2: I going to go back and watch that. <laughs>
0: Okay, that brings us to letters. great. You can reach us, letters at dunepod.com. You can just send us a regular old letter. You can record a voice memo and attach it and send it to letters at dunepod.com, and we will play it. Or you can just call us and leave us a voicemail, 415-534-5211. First email is from... Long-time listener, uh, multiple-time writer, Bryce Kelly. Oh, great. What's up, Bryce? Bryce says, I really like the Hexology episodes. I've just finished the start of Children of Dune. I don't recall if y'all ever commented on the Dune audiobook narrator. Is this sped up when you replay certain parts of it in the pod? He sounds like C-3PO injected with testosterone (laughs) and meth. (laughs) That sounds awesome. (laughs) I started going down a rabbit hole to figure out who this was, and then I stumbled on one version where they had different actors, voice characters, but did strange things like using James Earl Jones to voice the cold, calculating Baron, and yet another actor when he was the bumbler out in public, uh, and they seemed to do this with a few characters. Anyway, looking forward to the rest of season two. So I listened to audiobooks, including Super Pumped, The Inside Story of Uber by Mike Isaac. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I listen to audiobooks at 1.75 when I'm running. That's fast. Wow. It's fast. I retain it. Um, but so, like when I was listening to the molar report, 18 hours running around Phoenix. Oh Lake, my like, God.
1: That, you're just a crazy person. You
0: got it. You got to like <laughs> condense it.
1: That um, is deranged.
0: So, so I was sampling them on the pod at 1.75. So I will either slow it down or we'll just talk it out. Um, instead of dropping it, the audio quotes,
1: someone else has complained about this too. First of all, always a pleasure to hear from Bryce Kelly. Uh, one of my first bosses in the world of product management and a great friend. Uh, and second of all, like the issue is that if you're listening to our podcast itself at like a normal sped up rate, like I listen oh. to a podcast at like one point two. So if what? you're listening to like a podcast at like one point two, and then like the the one point seven drops in, you get whatever one point two times one point seven, and like you're in trouble. You're just you are getting C three Po on meth, meth and cocaine, or whatever
2: <laughs> Wait, testosterone weird, and meth. <laughs> yeah. Am I weird that I I listen to everything at? At one?
1: You're a writer, so you're, like, respectful of the source material. And you probably, like... I have a...
2: That's actually... I don't think you're that far off. I think I, like, never really mess with it. I'm, like, one of those... I'm, like, Lynch... Where he's like, I don't want you to be able to skip chapters in my DVD. Right, right. Or you yeah. have to watch it from the beginning.
1: Or yeah. I'm like, I'm like a fucking savage. Like, I just like, <laughs> I like read like every third sentence when I read stuff. I'm just like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. I got it. Oh, and I love it. my yeah. problem is I can't, I can't do audiobooks for anything but nonfiction. Like, because like, I don't get like any, I don't get like the quality of the prose when I'm mm. like mm-hmm. listening to, when I'm listening to audiobooks. So, mm. uh, no,
0: that, that, that. I'm right there with you, I think. So I will say uh, we have coming up towards the end of season two, we have Cal Henderson, CTO of Slack. Uh, He's coming on to do Drive, Ryan Gosling's uh, awesome movie. Um, I think Cal, I want to say he does all of his audiobooks at 3.0.
1: Oh, come on. It's either, <laughs> it's oh either two
0: and a half or three I'll clear it up with him, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I don't know how you do that. That's such like,
1: inhuman. Cal's Cal's a great guy, so this is a like a general indictment, but that's like such like a Silicon Valley like tech bro thing. It was like I listen <laughs> to all my books at 3.0. I don't eat, I only drink salt tea, and like I sleep, I do metaphysic sleep.
0: <laughs> I am at level
1: two all the time. I'm all, I just live in level. Level two is for noobs.
0: so so i will say for everyone who's considering listening to dune on audiobook they the audiobook versions are all actually very good um they have most of them that are available on audible um they have in the first couple books a mix of narrators the primary narrator is simon vance and then they have other narrators that come up in like in unpredictable ways how often they come up um as the series goes through the six books, all the rest of the narrators fall away. And Simon Vance basically takes over the whole thing. And he's by far the best part of it. So it actually is a good, a good way to check him out. So recommended. That's great. Nice. All right. Our final letter is from Josh Wacomo. Hello, Josh. And he says, fan mail, thoughts on Dr. Manhattan. Hi, Dune Pod. I've been really enjoying your various movie reviews and what they mean for the Dune movie. I know it's been talked about to death, but I was curious if you all had any opinions, hot takes on how Dr. Manhattan's omniscience was handled and depicted out of all pop media. His experience seems the most similar to Paul and Leto's. keep up the good work, JW.
1: Hmm. That's great. Thank you, Josh. What a great question. That's a good
0: question. Are we talking about? Uh, are we talking about comic, um, movie, series? Yeah, right, right. Let's do the TV series because that's the most recent, without spoilers. Oh
1: man! I mean, I, I think it's interesting. Like, so one of the theories, one of the theories in Dune is that because Paul embraces his prescient powers, he basically loses touch with his humanity. It, it's ultimately his downfall. Is like that he mm. fully runs with prescience. He ends up becoming trapped by time. Now. It's worth noting, of course, in Dune that there's many limits. His prescience is not the same as Dr. Manhattan's. Dr. Manhattan lives outside of time. Like, he Mm -hmm. experiences, like, time as a manifold in which, like, now is happening, you know, like, now is happening simultaneously Simultaneously. with what happened, you know, uh, 10 years ago and what's happening, you know, 10 years from now. Paul, the way that Herbert's described as prescience is it's basically like floating on an ocean and like occasionally the wave crests and you can see farther. uh, uh, And then the wave recedes and you don't see as far. And there's many, Mm. uh, there's many conflicting or, um, you know, deconstructing influences that can cause the waves to like, not allow you to see as far in Dune Messiah. There's this concept of the dune tarot where people are basically using a tarot deck to like do their own fortune telling And those, like, acts of mini-prescience are messing up the whole program. And there are other prescient characters that Paul can't see their past of because they have their own kind of um, existence within the the time wave. So it's a very different concept uh, than Dr. Manhattan's. But the similarity is that by embracing prescience, you lose, you sacrifice you, your humanity. It's like the thing that like allows you, that makes it impossible for you to really have human relationships. Because if you know that your lover is going to die, um, like you can't, you know, it's like, you, and, and if you've already in Dr. Manhattan's case, you've already experienced that character dying. Or yourself. Yeah. Or yourself. Right. Like there's not, there's not the same urgency around any one given moment
0: yeah, I think both of them ultimately reflect on the idea of once you have that pure prescience, whether it's manifold or straight line the way that Paul has it, you don't actually have any more choice. It's similar to a rival. Um, what has happened is going to happen, and you don't really have you don't really have a way to change it um, whether you see it coming or not.
1: yeah, great question.
0: That's really good, Josh. Uh please, you know, keep keep writing in. Um, we'd love hearing from you guys. We we definitely um appreciate that. Mike, what do you want to plug? What do you got going on? What are you up to? Oh god. Give a shout um, out for Bruna or or, or something work-related <laughs> she just, she or she was in here.
2: <laughs> she was just in here. I was petting her as we were doing the pod. Uh I don't know, man. I'm just you guys gotta tell I'm trying to figure out what my next thing is. Should I write another book? Should I quit journalism and go into the woods and
1: Yes, go into the woods, Mike.
2: Level level two super saiyan. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, should I? uh, uh, No, but you know things are good. I'm just like cranking away on Facebook coverage and um, much needed, much needed. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a fun, crazy
1: beat. Good article today, in fact. Thank you. Yeah,
2: the whole the political ad stuff constantly. Um, but I'll figure it out. I'm uh, in the meantime, just. I'm at the times and you can see my stuff. And if you don't follow my insane Twitter, then you're welcome to it at Mike Isaac.
1: Subscribe to the New York times for God's sake. You can say, we can say that you should do that Support support Mm -hmm. Mike and his colleagues (laughs)
3: Mm
0: -hmm.
1: trying to, trying to, trying to do the the good fights. Uh, That's right. Yeah.
0: Journalism is good.
1: Journalism is good. Give it your dollars.
0: Journalism is definitely good. Yeah. Let's, (laughs) let's, let's bring some level two uh, through journalism. (laughs)
2: Thank you for having me on, though. This is fun. I'm gonna go back and listen to your back catalog and then start geeking out on you guys have good taste in films. That's the other thing. Like, not every podcast person does. But this is good.
0: Well, why? I, so I had a couple of people this week say like, Oh, no, you're in trouble now. Like the podcast has to go for another year. You're never gonna make it.
1: No. Oh. We got plenty of shit. Don't worry.
0: <laughs> also, also, you know, like like I said earlier, this one was kind of like a pull. I really wanted to use Zardoz, and and um, Charlotte being in it was a great excuse. I had a a moment. I woke up the other morning and I bolted up upright and I thought, we can actually watch any movie we want. Like, yeah, if, if we decide it's relevant to you, relative to Dune, or even not, we can do it.
1: We're so going to go back and gonna do. do it. We're going to do Lady Hawk. God damn it, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we're going to, then we'll just like sort of, you know, we'll also have like an episode where we're just like the top 10 Gurney Halleck balisette songs as like, you know, like yes. our, our, like, you know, just like the top 10 songs in the dune universe. Um, A review of various toys that have been made for games. (laughs)
0: Well, I I do want to do that. The the board game. I I, I think doing the board game and some of that stuff will be will be handy. But is it Dune board game? Yeah,
1: we can. That could be our our Twitch episode. We could like live stream us playing the board game.
0: Ooh, that sounds amazing. All right, TBD. TBD. Uh, Will will be happening. All right. Well, Mike, thank you so much for for being on the show, man. We really we really appreciate it. We'd love to have you come back again sometime. Yeah. Yes, for sure. I'm into it. Thanks for having me. We're, we're dying. We gotta fill the episodes. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I can, I have no life, and I'll be stuck in
2: my house, so I'm down.
0: Yeah, yeah. make sure your fort, make sure your forest, uh, your forest redoubt has good <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> internet. Right,
3: right, 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 exactly.
0: And that's it for this episode of Dune Pod. I want to thank Jason and Mike for a wild conversation. Next week, we witness Rebecca Ferguson in her full power in Mission Impossible Fallout. Again, if you haven't watched both Rogue Nation and Fallout, I highly recommend them as they're some of the most fun action movies in years. If you're enjoying this podcast, follow us at DunePod on Instagram and Twitter, share our social media posts, as it really helps new listeners find the show. DunePod is a production of H Industries, a member of the Paper K Radio Syndicate. The episode was produced and edited by me, H. Our artwork is by Catcher, and our theme music was composed by Toby Forsman of Whipsong Music. Thanks for listening. We'll see everybody next week.